Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. You are listening to Room 104 and it is now time for My Worst Gig where I get to talk to some of the best comedians in the country about some of the worst gigs that they've ever had to endure and experience and it's always a bit of fun. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a therapeutic release for the acts as well. Uh, joining me now is somebody who you might have seen at this year's Vodafone Comedy Festival who was uh, won the Forbidden Fruit Comedy Search who was supported huge acts like Ardell O'Hanlon, Delamere, Tommy Tiernan. Fabulous, fabulously funny woman. Will you please Welcome to My Worst Gig. Julie J, how are you? Hi, Cormac. Thanks so much for having me on. I believe you're over just outside a toilet in Edinburgh. Well, now, that was a personal conversation, <laughs> Cormac, but yes, I washed my hands. We're good to go. Well, sure, I'm doing the classic thing of just using the toilet and fresh. I'm such a cheapskate. <laughs> Listen, has to be done. Don't worry about it. It's fair, it's fair to be used, honestly. It's not even yeah. the McDonald's. Julie, before we get into maybe some of the, you know, more, let's call them more challenging gigs that you've you've ever done, right? How long have you been doing stand-up? Um, so I've been doing stand-up for three years. And yeah, so just over three years, maybe three and a bit. And can you remember where your first gig was? My first ever gig was in the battle. It was in the battle and it was actually kind of funny because I had been seeing this guy on Tinder and then I went off on holidays and I came back and it was all over, done those. And a few weeks after the fact, he messaged me to ask how I was getting on, etc. I'd had a few shanties, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So obviously you want to be living your best life. Now, I had nothing going on at this stage. Like, I was waitressing down in a restaurant in Dingle. And, like, I didn't actually get the memo that I'd been effectively fired because the guy kept putting me on the roster for one hour a week. So, oh, like, I wasn't no. getting the message at all. So I really wasn't, you know, I wasn't riding a high, but obviously I had to give him the impression that, like, course, everything yeah. was fantastic. So I was like, oh, great, you know, I'm actually doing stand-up at the moment. Now, I'd had this vague dream of doing stand-up, but I actually wasn't booked in to do anything. He was like, I'll have to come see you. And then he messaged me the next day and was like, oh, when are you on? I'll have to come uh, see you. So I did a quick uh, kind of ring around, threw out a few Facebook messages, and randomly I actually got one from Tony Ferns, who we love, of course, Tony. And usually there's a big waiting list to do the battle. And he actually had an opening for the following Tuesday. So I was like, that's fantastic. So then I got back to Mr. Tinderman and I was like, oh yeah, actually a gig on Tuesday. But then of course I realised, you know, you don't want someone you're trying, you know, a recent former frame, someone you're probably trying to impress coming to your first ever stand-up gig. So I bottled it when it came to telling him where it was on and then he did a ring around and he turned up with all his mates my first ever gig oh my god um, so I know it was pretty but they were actually lovely except for the fact he did go to the toilet during what was um, <laughs> a seven minute set 
So of it's all like, these, like, on, I realise we're talking a lot about toilet stormer. Like I don't want it to be that kind of comedy the, segment. But <laughs> yeah. That was my first ever gig, and it actually went really well. But I'll never forget when I saw him coming in with the mates. I was like, oh my god! You know your first ever gig. Yeah. Oh, it was grim. And then I remember um, who was, can't remember who was I'm seeing it, but I went so over time. I didn't realize time was big deal. So, you know, in the comedy world, obviously, if you're five minutes late for something in real life, it's not generally a massive deal. But obviously, in comedy, like this is fatal. Yeah. So I think I had a seven minute set and I probably went over by about 13 minutes. You went to 13 or you did about 20? I think I did about 20. I knew it was something. So it's probably not surprising that your man did go to the toilet, but it was just... Uh. So did anything... Were you talking to the guy afterwards or what happened there? Oh, yeah. He thought, he thought I was very funny, but he didn't want to... He didn't want to love me again, Cormac. So okay, obviously okay. me, this was dead in the water. Because you don't want to be... You don't want to be funny. Like, all I wanted to do was him to tell me how pretty I was. <laughs> Yeah. Was that too much to ask? I don't think so, Julie. To be honest with you, I think he, all he needed to say was like, I, I love your hair and your makeup and your outfit this She's evening. Like, Happy listen, days. Listen, I made... Look, let's face it. I just want him to say I made a huge mistake. <laughs> That's why I got the blow dry. But it didn't happen. So, we're, and of course, it all worked out. Uh, it all worked out in the end because then I met my lovely friend. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah, the amazing Fred Cook. We've chatted to once or twice uh, before. My baby. So you got into stand-up comedy to try and impress a random Tinder person? Well, I did, and I, I always tell that story because, like, it is 100% true. Yeah. But I think it's fantastic because there's no greater, I think, empowerment than, you know, actually just going and doing it. That's what's great about stand-up. I think you're always going to have the last laugh with things, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of did it just to, I mean, I wouldn't say to spite him, but probably to impress him, and then it ends up being the best thing I ever did. So, it, you know, there was a real happy ending there. Definitely. You said you've, you've played on some of the biggest stages around the country in the last number of years. In the short time that you've been gigging, before we get to maybe some of your favourite gigs that you've ever done, would you recount us maybe some of the, yeah, the crappier ones that you've had to do along the way? Because, you know, they're, they're there for everyone. Well, I mean, I have done some pretty bad ones. I remember once I was in, and I won't say the name of the place, but I did do a gig and it was somewhere in Dublin. And I remember when I told people where the gig was on, everyone's like, are you sure there's a comedy club there? And I was like, yeah, no, 100%. And I rocked up and it was so funny because I remember the audience consisted of like five people. Mm. And there were literally, I think there were like 12 security guards in this venue. So straight away, this is what we would call, Cormac, a red flag. Yeah. And there was actually a physical brawl. Now, I used to do this terrible... I mean, I look back now and I'm like, the material was pretty horrendous. But there was this awful brawl. <laughs> I can remember a couple of minutes into my set, like an actual... like actual fisticuffs in kind of the other bar so I could see this happening and the MC was like go on go on it's fine everyone's here for comedy and I was like this is really distracting and then the brawl actually kind of spilled over into the room oh, that we no. were in and I can just remember the saddest part was this man stood up and said let her tell her joke <laughs> and I was like oh and then so like your man is being physically removed and I was like so anyway and it was just it was it was it was grim it oh. was pretty bad I think that that's the worst moment when somebody says, let her tell her child. You're like, To a no. group of lads punching the head off each other in the bar. 
Yeah, and then like I've had so many. I've got booked for this thing I'm representing in the Midlands, and it was actually I can, I'm not quite sure. My Facebook page must have been really misleading because I arrived and uh, it was essentially a spoken word event. But I think the theme was like basically it was something to do with like you know past traumas or something because it's just the subject matter was so heavy. Right. And I was there, and I was like, okay, do they know I'm a comedian, so I had to just say to the guy who was running it, and I lovely fella, and I was like. Just to say, I'm actually doing comedy. And he was like, oh, no. Like, so they thought I was like a spoken word artist, which doesn't say much about my comedy. <laughs> if people thought, oh, she's obviously spoken word. So this girl got up and she did this amazing poem. Like, we were all like, I mean, fighting back the tears, like talking about, like, you know, things that she had overcome in her childhood, etc. And then <laughs> the guy got up on the stage. It was this tiny little stage. And she was came down and I was like, wow, like amazing. I have no words. And then the guy was like, okay, now for a bit of comedy. Aww. And I was like, oh, that was another one. Also, I actually had, I remember in Vicker Street, when uh, one of the times I was sporting Tommy. Now, I have to say all the audiences were fab, absolutely fantastic. But there was just one singular instance where I think we were, it was, I don't remember which day it was. But I literally just done, like, my first joke. It got a big laugh. Then there was, like, you know, there's that always that slight pause before you go on to the next joke. Yeah, yeah. And within that pause, someone from the balcony, obviously, you know, Vicker Street, but somebody from the balcony shouted down. So, like, it was within the pause, but just after the laughter had stopped, so, like, everyone heard that it was crystal clear. Someone shouted down from the balcony, slot. And it was just awful. So everyone in the audience just like really. What did they shout down? Huge shock. He shouted slut. Oh, sorry, slut. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I know. Really weird. Whoa. But the worst part was it was one of those moments. It was kind of like you know if your parents come to see you in the school play and you set a line or you trip over and you're fine with it, but you look out and you see their heartbroken little face for you. So I looked out and the audience were just so like I think people were just really shocked. So then I just said something, made some little quip, but I was a little bit taken aback because I hadn't been expecting because obviously in Victor Street they're just always so sound. Like it's just the best place to get. Yeah, and you think country. you know you're paying whatever amount of money for a ticket to go see someone you want to see. You're, you think you're going to be there for exactly. to enjoy it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like people who are there to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like and they're there for comedy and they're great. I mean, they're just fantastic audiences. But the guy actually came, no, it was fine, but it definitely did, I think, kind of affect the mood a little bit. Yeah. And then the guy actually came to find me after. He was, and weirdly, like, this made me say something about, like, where I'm coming from. I kind of presumed it might be an older guy. Like, you know, I was like, okay, surely this is probably just some old guy, like, you know, trying to impress someone. But it was actually a real, young, like, a very young guy, I'd say, like, early 20s. And he was all apologies and was like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. My friends were, like, daring me to say something. And then, like, the mates were with him. And then they were like, yeah, but we didn't think he'd actually say it. And then he said, <laughs> he said it. And he was actually, he was mortified. But that was probably, that was a tough one to get through then because it did kind of change the mood. How long because into your... Was that right at the start of your set then? Right at the start. Oh, and God. I think the thing is, and do you know what, what is, I think what kind of annoyed me after that was, 
a few, like, you know, a few people would have said to me, I know I actually had a few friends at that gig with their husbands. And a couple of the husbands were like, why didn't you say X, Y, and Z? And I was like, because in the moment, you kind of are a little bit sore. And also, I think with Victor Street, when you can't see them, it's a bit hard to engage. You know, if it was like someone within your kind of... I yeah, thought, yeah, if you can see Victor, exactly, you know where you're going, but just from the mythical darkness in front of you, you're like, oh. Yeah, and most of the time I find, like with hecklers, I actually think... It's, you know, and it was probably the best advice Tommy ever gave me. He was like, you know, rather than shut people down, it's actually quite good to engage with them. You know, so he was the one who really encouraged me to kind of have the crack with people. Yeah. Because usually people are just trying to get involved. But like something like that was probably the only time I'd say in recent times well I say that I did actually get stormed on stage I, this is turning into a bit of a pattern I did get stormed on stage about now it was about a month ago and uh, now I it, it was we'd all had a few there was a lot of drink taken and um, the girl actually got up on stage and started saying you're not good enough and all that kind of thing so that was fairly that was fairly bad as well but the hey, and just in the middle in the fair. middle of your set just jumped up on stage and was like ruining well, things she, yeah now she was fairly well on it she was fairly well on it so she got up and was like you're not good enough I'm going to tell a joke so it's kind of hard to argue with that logic yeah you know? I mean she's got a good case there and everyone was so stunned but then it was actually great because then I just kept referencing her after she'd been removed so it was probably like the best the set I've ever done and I had to laugh because I actually sent the rest of the set to my agent because I just kept referencing this girl because obviously I'd gotten her name and stuff and I had her initially kind of start to speak to her and this obviously like gave her the green light for storming the stage and telling everyone I was rubbish but I sent to my agent I was like I think we should use this in my promo and she was like I don't think we can use this Julie because we just keep referencing this woman throughout um, but it, that was actually turned out to be that was an example of maybe like a bad gig turned good yeah. gig God you've um, had, yeah can I can I ask you right to, to go back to the you know the spoken word gig you did yes how did that gig go so you're, you're after coming off this, onto the what? stage after actually, the yeah it was actually really really nice and you know what I think sometimes like that is what's great about comedy is that you know obviously it was kind of it was quite heavy subject matter throughout the evening and like sometimes the comedy obviously kind of provides that light relief yeah. and actually they were such nice guys like since then they've asked me to come down and do different bits and bobs with them but it was just so funny when they got it so wrong initially that they did think I was a spoken word person that I fit right into this lineup. but I just kind of obviously I kind of threw what I was going to do out the window I was only doing a comedy for a couple of months at that stage yeah. and, but it just ends up being like a really lovely evening and I think it was just maybe just enough as I said like light release given what was like very heavy you know subject matter and then you know it actually kind of was nice in the sense that I have done stuff since but you'd always have gigs and I'm sure you know you would have had them as well Corey, but like going down and you think it's like going to be a regular gig and then you're told this is actually a fundraiser for the local primary school and you know that kind of thing Yeah. Um, where you kind of feel a bit censored or you go and it's like a local gig and your parents are in the audience they're like this literally removes 40% of my material <laughs> so like yeah. it's I think what I found is is that I go and you'd have a rough idea of what you might do but then you also have to be kind of conscious that like there are so many variables that might mean you have to throw that plan out the window and just to be a bit flexible 
So apart from all of those traumatic ones, you've had even an impressive list. I mean, you have the fights kicking off at the gigs, you have people storming the stage and random random heckles in the middle of Vicar Street. What have been one or two of your favourite gigs that you've done so far? Oh, I've done so many great gigs. Like, I've been so lucky like that. Like, probably, I did a, re- I did a really nice one now last week at All Together Now. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, of course, Terry Malina organises that one. And we were down in Waterford. And it was just a gorgeous gig. Like, they were really up to the crack. Yeah. Um, so that was probably one of my favourites of late. And, like, I mean, I suppose the most, the biggest one for me was probably when I did Vodafone last year. And I was in the main tent. And, of course, Brenberry, who uh, is just fantastic. He's wonderful for just giving people chances. He had put me down for this gig. And, I mean, I was completely shocked, as were a lot of people, when they saw that I was in the main tent because I really didn't think I was going to be ready for it. Mm. And uh, he was like, no, 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 you'd be great. And then, so I was doing this gig. And, I mean, I was a nervous wreck, I would say, for, like, six weeks beforehand. I was just so (laughs) scared of this gig. And I get really, really bad nerves anyway but I mean this one I was just insufferable I don't know how anyone lived with me and I did the gig and the gig went great and of course he was in the tent only Tommy and that was kind of how I suppose you know that's how I got into supporting him he just saw me doing this gig and I think it was on I think he was on with Jim Jim and the lads and he was saying in an interview how he he thought I was very good and then I think it was December he sent me a message and it was actually kind of funny because obviously I didn't obviously didn't have his number and I got this message like out of the blue in December saying hey are you free for a few days this weekend Tommy and I immediately thought back to my Tinder past and I was like <laughs> is this some guy like just asking me out yeah. and then I checked the number with Fred and I was like oh my god so I just like I mean I could have been getting married that weekend and I would have cancelled it I was like yeah no problem obviously I'm free for life Tommy yeah I'm meant to be having and, a lung transplant uh, but don't worry about it it's fine yeah and I mean that was just I mean but it was one of those gigs I think it was just the sinner the, the great thing about comedy is that it's a synergy like it's a moment in time whereby I just ended up having a crack with someone in the audience and everything like everyone just got what I was doing and even like this year now I was in there again and it was fantastic but I do think the magic of last year will probably never be repeated there's some nice ones to have under the belt um, so far yeah I know you're just on a short run over in Edinburgh at the Fringe Festival with regards to gigs coming up in and around Dublin what are you at for the next while? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing a lot of gigs. I'm doing truly, really lovely. So we're going to have the dates up on that. I'm actually getting those just sorted this week. So yeah. they're all going to be on my um, website. And my Facebook page is a good one as well. And my Instagram and all that would have all that information. So I've got my dates for truly, really lovely, which is the show that I was doing in Edinburgh. And I'm also going to be supporting Fred on his tour. So all Fred's dates are up on his comedy page as well. That's fredcook.com. And I'm going to be doing the last lounge at the end of September and I'm in Electric Picnic now the following week and next week and I'm going to be supporting Ardlo Hanlon on his tour as well brilliant so so you can keep an eye out for that and also I'm doing myself and Emma have our podcast up to 90 and we're doing a live event in Wheelands on September 11th of all dates lovely and we're going to be doing a Simpsons special and I think there's like a couple of tickets available for that as well 
Brilliant. Well, Julie J, thanks a million for popping on my worst gig this evening. And uh, as I said, we'll tweet out the links to your uh, website and stuff so people can kind of find uh, when you're gigging next. Thank you so next. much, Carmen. I'm sure tons of people will. If, you, if you're listening right now and you're going to Electric Picnic, go and check out uh, Julie. And then if you're going to be around the uh, lounge thanks, next while, Carmen. head on. I, I didn't think I had so many awful gigs, but then it's like you just kind of opened a Pandora's box <laughs> of awful gigs for me, Carmen. I was like a slurry truck exploding there. Yeah, this is this is therapy for comedians, actually. I just kind of go, let's... Great. This has like saved me like 50 quid yeah. on a bit of therapy. So this is just what another hour saving me. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm going to do this now. I'll get you in studio next time and put a couch in the studio and you can just lie back and let it all flow. Oh, yeah. And the tissues. I like an owl, I like an owl balsam tissue as well. No. Yeah. When I'm in the throes of revealing myself. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cormac. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, No worries at all. I'll chat to you soon and uh, tell Fred we all said hello. Of course. Thank you so much, Cormac. Talk soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.